TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. A drive to left center field. Deep to the gap. With a three-run home run, and the Twins take the lead. Crack of the bat, crunchy there. Like that. Love the crack of the bat. Always like love that. the crack of the bat. You want to hear that one again? Yeah, let me hear that. All right, here it is. Ooh. A drive to left center field. Deep to the gap. Hurts him. Brian Gonzalez with a three-run home run. It's a much better way and to start the an hour. Take the lead. Much better way to start an hour than what we were doing yesterday. Oh, man. I've still got that one in the system. No, that's all, right. all cracks of the bat are that's great. That's okay. See, I, I don't that discriminate. That crack of the bat from that highlight yesterday I don't, was pretty dang good. I don't discriminate. If it's a crack of the bat, I'm in. I'm just in. That's I, a good one. I don't, what what I, do we care? We're baseball fans. We love baseball. I don't need to hear it. Crack of the bat's great. It's okay. Josh Hader throws hard, but guess what? When people connect, it goes a long way. And, and he is not the same pitcher. I believe it was. What, what was the tweet I saw last night? 13 home runs given up over like two or three years previously. 13 home runs given up this year. Yeah, he's struggling, especially of late since the All-Star break. Danny was giving me some of his uh, some of his numbers since the All-Star break. Josh Hader has been a problem for the Brewers, and that's a big problem for the Brewers, and he's a problem. That man there needs no introduction, but he is Judd Zolgad in for Hour 2 of, and this also feels good, the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bowman. I got a new name for it. The land of 10,000 rakes where the magic number is 43. What's that? I got a new name. Mm-hmm. The Roller Coaster Twin Show. Because we're about to go through 45 games of absolute baseball bliss, but it's going to be a roller coaster, baby. I like just calling it the first place twins show. And then when it's a wild card team, I like calling it the wild card twins. I like the flexibility of the roller coaster twin show. The roller coaster is what we're about. I mean, here's the thing. If you got any heart problems, get them checked out now or get off. Because <laughs> until the end of the regular season, this is going to be great Live fun. From Six Flags Bomba Soda. Was yeah. that you like that? Does that Six work? Six Flags. Yeah. Should I throw that yeah, in there? Well, Six actually, Flags you know what? Soda. Valley Fair, and let's get it sponsored. Yeah. All right. Now we're talking. Because now, if if we can get the sponsorship, get a going, taste of that sweet, sweet cash. Rummy here <laughs> for amusement parks across the country. Don't care who it is. I like them. A lot of good food too. MyPillow.com, promo code NORTH. Hey, I'm trying to in- I'm increase sh- your, your profile I'm, here, Ryan. I'm down. I am down I for what you're saying. Judd, uh, our number one of the show, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I went over the list of what, in my opinion, made last night the biggest and best night of the 2019 Minnesota Twins. I thought I could go down this list since we thoroughly did it in the first hour, Danny and I, and just rapid fire and get your thoughts on what happened last night. Sure. First of all, just the magnitude of the moment. Mm-hmm. I always say games in March and April mean as much as games any other time of the season when you look at the win-loss column, but it'd be foolish for me to to ignore th- how much more these games feel like they mean when we get late this late in the season and the race is this close. So for that night and that home run from Marwin Gonzalez, that's just fireworks and that's just good Entertaining baseball, so that's 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 where I start. Just the, okay. the magnitude of the moment and that home run by Marwin Gonzalez made it a great night. On top of that, mm-hmm. 
almost simultaneously as the Twins gave up the lead, the Indians came back and tied their game up. And then was, almost just as quickly as the Twins took back the lead, the Indians lost on a home run to the Boston Red Sox. That that added to what made last night, in my opinion, a special night for the 2019 Twins. And, and I'm glad that Gonzalez hit the home run because I like him a lot as a player. And I've talked about before on, on this show and our show that he's the uh, consummate professional. But Rami, I'm actually ecstatic because this guy brings so many intangibles and so m- many things. And yes, Nelson Cruz is, in retrospect now, one of the best free agent signings made of the winter, right? Mm-hmm. Just one of the best. Yeah. There's probably Absolutely. three to five, and he is in that three and certainly to five. Bang for your buck. Yeah. Far better 32. signing than Bryce Harper or Matty Machado. Absolutely. Far better. 32 home runs. He's hurt now, but 16 since the All-Star break. Ridiculous. But Marwin Gonzalez might be the best under-the-radar signing of the winter. And here's why. You might be right about that. I'm gonna dial. I'm gonna go back a year before you got here, so March of 2018. Mm-hmm. And Lance Lynn and Lomo, Logan Morrison, God bless them, are out there. They don't sign. Spring training starts. Right. Twins emerge and sign them. And we all thought, man, this is going to be great. Bargain basement. They're going to come here. They're good, productive players. They're going to help. And both of them got here, and basically you could tell from day one, we're like, we got screwed. System screwed us. This wasn't fair. Sour uh, sour demeanor, dour people. You looked at them and said, you guys are bringing nothing here, right? Mm-hmm. Both are now gone. Both were gone fairly quickly because they just weren't happy here. Marwin Gonzalez, 31 now, I believe, spends seven years in Houston. Plays everywhere. In 2017, early in that World Series, hits a home run off Canley Jansen that proves to be crucial. I think that was game two. Astros go on and win that World Series. He's absolutely fantastic. He's beloved there, right? And the Astros, last year, after the season gets done, say, say, we'll go on the cheap. We're going to sign somebody else. And Marwin sits there all winter long. Same thing. Twins, I think, in in late February, spring training has started again, just like 2018, sign him. And you know how much he has complained or been dour or been sour or been a negative presence since then? Zero days. Right. This guy is, he and Cruz, clubhouse-wise, are magnificent. Marwin Gonzalez, until mid-May of this year, had played during his time in Houston, right field, but he had never started there. Right field at target field is not simple. Rocco's like, Marwin, I'm going to give Kepler a day off. You're starting in right. He goes, he boots a ball that day, but then guess what? He learns it really quickly. He never once complains. So so the, the fact that he got the three-run homer off Hader last night, or the fact that he got the double, which at the time in the bottom of the ninth on Sunday off Brad Hand tied that score. I'm ecstatic about because it makes people notice this guy who does so many things that we take for granted. But if you watch this team on a daily basis, you should not take them for granted. And the moment does not ever scare Marwin Gonzalez, ever. Mm. There is never a moment too big for him, which makes sense because he's been in much bigger games than what we saw last night or what we saw on Sunday. There is no moment in a Major League Baseball game that Marwin Gonzalez shrinks in. 
or that he doesn't step up for. Not, he won't always he won't always produce what yeah, he's produced looks in those big. two no, at bats, but it never right. looks too big. You're right. He always looks like a guy who, just reading the body language, you feel like he can deliver. But you he, feel good when the game is in Marwin Gonzalez's hands. He, he never complains. He never moans. He never does anything other than show up and be professional. And across the board, that's just not true of guys. There's a lot of guys, and this is not to say that they don't help their teams. Uh, but it is to say that he brings a level of of professionalism to his job that that if you're in charge of a team, you wish everybody brought. So the Gonzalez homer and the magnitude of the moment. All right. The Indians losing. Next on my list of what made last night so big, Martin Perez is outing. Not that I'm convinced everything is fixed, but you needed that from that guy last night, and hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Yep. But even if it's not... You needed that from him, if for nothing else, but for one night, and you got it. Yep, that's a tightrope start too. But yeah, he was, he what? Let's see here. I actually kept score last night, Ron, from home. At, from home, yes, <laughs> from the couch. Six innings, six hits, no runs, four walks, which I didn't like. He walked a tightrope, but you're right. You know what? No runs. Right. He got through it, and, and I don't. I'm with you. I don't know. If he now has found something and this resolves problems, the fastball velocity is promising. Yeah, yeah, he's hitting ninety five pretty Perk regularly good, last night. Perk did on the post game a good job of describing how how the cutter was back and he was working it to right handed batter successfully. Yeah, and so yes, this is there is no question in my mind that if he goes out last night and uh, goes four and two thirds and gives up six, his job in the starting rotation is gone. Right? Yeah. So he saved his job last night. Potentially, but I mean, I know I think he did for sure. I think this saved his job for now. I mean, it's hard to give a guy the hook after that. Oh yes, right. Yes, I think he gets. I probably think with with uh, Pineda coming back in Texas, he might be on a start to start now for a mm-hmm. while. But if he comes out last night against the Brewers and pukes, he, he's in the bullpen. Next on my list was uh, the performance of Dyson and Romo's been good since he got here, but. Those two guys working back to back after what happened in the sixth inning to, to or in the seventh inning, excuse me, to get to get that out of those two guys for a bullpen that's been beat up, that's been much maligned, and that for some reason, even though they had the day off yesterday, and I guess I kind of agree with it given how he's performed and the workload that he's had to lately, you didn't have Taylor Rogers available to you last night. Right. For the two guys you traded for to step up in that moment and shut the thing down and close the game out. That makes you feel good about the bullpen, and yes, you still would have liked to see them go out and get a starter, but what they did at the trade deadline in in getting reinforcements for that bullpen. Dyson looked good, right? Yes. That, that stuff last night to me definitely played. Here's what I here's my problem that I can't this figure was out. scary. When he volunteers uh pregame and, and of course our guy Jake DePew who's covering the series for Score North and you can find his uh his tidbits column at scorenorth.com wrote about this. Dyson essentially told reporters before the game yesterday that my arm has been killing me for two years. For two years. That the time off helped a lot. And it looked like by the way, last night he did look good. Yeah. That stuff was good. And he said he was throwing without any irritation but, at all last night. Yeah, I know, but how do we process him now saying my arm is hurt for two years? That's a lo- that's not saying it hurt for three months. That's not saying it hurt for two weeks. That it's hurt for so I guess my concern is this time off helps for sure. 
But now, does the wear and tear and problems come right back? Let's say he starts because because he needs to pitch a lot. Like you can't be like we we got to protect him every game now. I think you can be smart with him, but he still needs to pitch quite a bit. Uh, the one good thing I would say though is if you look at his statistical success with the Giants before he came here, it was pretty good. I guess I'm at a little bit of a loss though exactly how to process this and if he really meant two years or, or if he has a, a flair for the dramatic potentially. So I liked what I saw. The words before the game, if you're the twins, got to concern you a little and bit. And this is what he said exactly. When asked how he's feeling after the IL stint, he said, fantastic, much better. Honestly, the last two years, my arm's been pretty much killing me for the last four or five days. Uh, excuse me, so the last four or five days have been amazing. I threw without irritation at all. So, yeah, I'm very excited to go out and compete with the guys. Tendonitis is a chronic thing, um, so it makes sense that it's been bothering him for a long time. But like you said, Judd, he's been performing through it for two years for the Giants. Hopefully he can continue to do that for two months for the Twins. And then, because we're all heartless, uh, you don't really care what happens to that arm after the season's over. Well, I think he's still under contract to you, though, right? Is he? I thought he was a rental. No, No? uh, Will Smith was a rental. He's under your control. So I sort of care. I don't care a ton, but I sort of care. But it's just weird to me. The, the whole thing's weird. You would think, though, that the, the Twins knew, right, when they traded for him? That had to have been something that but was out in the he, open. If he would have just said, I've got tendonitis on and off for the yeah, past two years, and, and it comes and goes. A little too transparent. Here's the, here's the phrase that concerns Judd Zolgad. My arm's been killing me. Right. Okay. But anyway, pitch well last night. TMI, dude. Um, and Pitch lastly, well. the thing that was on my list of what made last night the best night for the Minnesota Twins wasn't on the field. The news about Cruz and Buxton. Yep. Cruz sounds like is very close to return, won't require surgery on that wrist. And uh, Buxton, to quote Rocco Baldelli, still away, aways from that. So September and then, right? From actually returning to the field. But all indications are that he is progressing steadily and regularly from the subluxation of the shoulder. I will split hairs with, with you. On on your last item by doing this, Cruz, I'm with you completely. If it broke, if, if it burst, and now and now the tendon's fine, that's awesome. Now I have some concern because he hits for power, and that's his bottom hand. Right, that it could affect his power. But let's see, he's going to come back and try it. The Buxton thing scares me more. He's still a ways away. It sounds like he's still not doing baseball activities. And, and here, okay, so here's my here's my other quandary on Buxton that I think is is legit as well and not just being panic. Okay, he comes back. How long is he back for? I've gotten to the point now where we have to see him play, take your pick, Rami, 50 consecutive games. Right. Like, it's got it's got to be a prolonged period of you can play, and this doesn't mean that you don't get a day off here and there, but you can play for a prolonged period of time without it being something. Yeah. So, I'll split yours. The Buxton thing, I'm still I'm still very leery and very much concerned about and not convinced of when he's going to be back exactly. The Cruz thing, let's see. And if he comes back and he's fine, awesome. That's great. But I'll take either of those guys sure. at, at 80% over their replacement, whoever that might be on a given day. Right? That's probably true. So, But yeah. I just want to see. Uh, but on Buxton, I'm just not convinced yet. And the thing that worries me, Danny was saying, I, I sort of knew this before Danny said it, but he's had the injury that, that Buxton has, the subluxation of the shoulder, and that thing can easily pop out until there is surgery performed to see. And this is, yeah, exactly. 
So, Cruz, I'm with you, Buxton. I guess I'm still very concerned. We shall see. And not everything was rosy and sunshine and rainbows for the Brewers last night. Rocco Baldelli. You mean for the Twins. Or what did I say? The, the Brewers. Brewers. That definitely wasn't sunshiny and rainbow. No, because Ryan Braun bunted. Yeah, that was weird, dude. That was really weird. That was it? one of the... I The bunt is now considered the devil of baseball. And I am not as... I get why the bunt's not a good idea, but I certainly can debate it, but I can't debate that one. No. That's one of the dumbest bunts I've probably seen. That was not smart. Judd, I'm about to do something I've never done before. Are you going to dial up the Twins game? I'm dialing up the Twins game. On YouTube on for us? TCL Roku TV. This is what, and here in the TCL this is what makes these videos. TCL TVs so awesome. Boom. Just they can like do anything. It looks really good on, it's a Look really at good that. broadcast. This is already better than the Facebook broadcast. I can already tell by the the quality of the video and the camera angles. This is already better than the Facebook. How bad was Facebook. the Facebook broadcast? Like I said yesterday. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was like they really, really cut corners. The camera angles were limited. The audio quality wasn't great. The announcers were fine. Yeah, because our guy Perk was on the game. The announcers were just fine. Uh, they and had twins got a run. Scott Braun was the play-by-play announcer. Oh, they Garver home run. It's one nothing twins. Garve sauce again. How yeah. about that, dude, man? <laughs> Johnny Bench, baby. If you know how to get the game on YouTube, just uh, turn the volume down on that. Turn the volume up on your radio or mobile device. Rosario, or you're listening to the Score North first place Twins. I show. just did play-by-play, but let, Rosario let, just let get that bomb run. sound effect, Jonathan, for Eddie Rosario, the uh, mayor of Bombasota. For your Minnesota Twins. Now 2 nothing Twins in the uh, top of the first. That was a shot. Watch it along with us here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number 43. Twins trying to knock it down to at least 42. We're on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. That one's hit. Empty. Came back. And that's gone. Goodness. Opposite field, Eddie Rosario, two runs, two homers. This is how the Minnesota Twins roll. That highlight courtesy of YouTube? Is that right? Jonathan, yes, Jonathan Harrison, way to turn that around. Now, who who is doing play-by-play? Because that's I, what I was wondering. I think that's Scott Braun, who is also the play-by-play on Facebook, if I'm not okay. mistaken. And he's good. He's from uh, MLB Network. And I do believe that uh, Justin Morneau, they mentioned last night on the Fox Sports North telecast, was going to be in the YouTube booth today, but there probably is a Milwaukee analyst as well. Like I said, I had no problem with the announcers, that aspect of the broadcast on Facebook last year, but the rest of it was just not up to par with with big league baseball. This is outstanding. Bad camera angles, bad sound. This is just like any other game from what I've witnessed so far. There's nothing wrong with this. I like it. So far, the reviews for uh, MLB on YouTube, solid, good. Good stuff. Good stuff so far. Uh, Much like that plate of food you've got going for you. Yeah. Uh, Declan, shout out to our guy Declan, producer here at the station. He uh, went out and grabbed me uh, seconds. Now, what's the from deal the here company today? Company barbecue. I don't know. There's I just, a company barbecue going on. I showed on? up and there's a company barbecue going on. Like, how do you land on, on a company barbecue going on on an arbitrary Wednesday I, in Judd, August? Can you help me with that? Don't question Either these one things. Of you? Just eat the brisket, man. You guys want to hear Garver's home run? Crack of the bat is nice. Yeah. All right, here we go. Please. Ooh. That's kind of what he does oh. right now. Garber mm. to right, and it's gone. Mm. Put some barbecue sauce on that. Do we still have the montage of cracks of the bat? Uh, it's in the system somewhere. I'm, up, a, I'm busy updating it right now. That's such a marvelous 
collage of sounds. It's really, really good. I would like to, at the end of the season, I don't want to put too much on our guys, Jonathan and Manny, who sort of tag team those types of projects, but a complete... Oh, it's being updated right now. A complete montage of every home run hit by the Minnesota Twins this year set to some kind of music. I know that's asking Are we a lot, at Ode to Joy like we did last yes, time? And it kind yes. of just apps Are we happened to work out. 2.30 right now, boys? What do you mean? Home runs for the Twins. Two, uh, uh, Twins just tweeted it out. Let me see here. Two more today. 2.32, I believe. Okay, that's probably right. Yep, that sounds right. And a base hit for the Brewers. It could be a long day. Could be a lot of offense. Nah. Could be a lot of offense today. By the way, I said it would be a slugfest, and it turned out to be kind of a slugfest. I texted last you night. last yeah. night in progress. I said, this sucker's going to be 9-7. I was like, look at, of, course Martin, of course Martin Perez would give up no earned runs is what I was thinking. And then the bullpen but you came know what? in and deep, made me look smart. Deep down. 232. Deep down in Martin's heart last night, he really he wanted to give up four runs. <laughs> he was trying. Like he's thinking, he was trying he's to make thinking, me I want to give up four runs. These jokers can't score. The me, Brewers were stranding guys left and right. They let stranded me, just, 12 let me guys walk last another night. guy and see if I can make Robbie look smart. They stranded 12 guys last yeah, night. Yeah, I know. And that's a, that's, that's, that's a problem with that team. That was a problem with that team last year because... A lot like the Twins, they rely so heavily on the long ball that the yep. the station to station baseball is not it's not their strong suit. Judd, I've been talking for uh, nearly ninety minutes about all the great things that happened last night, but it wasn't all great what we saw last night. And I don't know if I'd call it a disturbing trend or a pattern for Rocco Baldelli, but there have certainly been a few moves here in the last week as things have gotten tight for the Minnesota Twins that. You got to, and this is part of what baseball is. So don't take this as I don't like Rocco Baldelli. I still think he's the leading candidate or among the leaders for manager of the year. But part of baseball is second guessing and nitpicking what a manager does, especially or in a coach. race this tight Absolute, or a third base coach. Absolutely. But I now, and I'm as probably more guilty of this than anybody because so much of the focus was on Tony Diaz after what happened Saturday and Sunday. Baldelli was kind of let off the hook. Not entirely. It was brought up a number of times on this show and Mackie and Judd with Rami. But to have Ari Adrianza out there running instead of Jake Cave, bad choice by Rocco Baldelli and, right there. And we did question that a lot. Bad fairness, decision. Yeah. Yep. Flat out bad decision. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. When we read the numbers that Lavelle Neal tweeted out of what Taylor Rogers does after pitching. The the day following two innings of work without any rest, he has a 14-plus ERA. To go with that guy in that moment, and I feel like that was one of the rare times where Rocco Baldelli sort of let his gut and the human element override what the numbers and the analytics say because the answer we always give to why go with that guy out of the bullpen is what better options did you have? That's almost always the answer to defend a manager after that's what, after a reliever that's blows what it. Phil on on Monday show exactly yes. said to me, which but is who else were you going to go to? And I, I said anybody but anybody Taylor Rogers doesn't have a fourteen yeah. ERA in that situation. You can't do that to him. It's right. not fair to ta- it's not fair to Taylor Rogers to say Saturday go get him for six outs, and then he does his job, and then to bring him back as you just said with uh, with uh, mounts of stati- statistical evidence, excuse me, that show he's going to fail, and then he fails. And then last night. In what was a close game, you went with Ryan Harper as the first arm out of your bullpen. Yeah, when you needed outs, I know it wasn't. It was the seventh inning, so it 
It wasn't your typical high leverage situation, but that was a high leverage situation where you're trying to keep that lead against a potent offense. Yep. You go to one of your big arms, you go to one of your high leverage arms out of that bullpen, and Ryan Harper is among the least trusted, least high leverage arms that you have in that bullpen. He hasn't been bad, but you got a bunch of better options, including the three, and I know Taylor Rogers wasn't available last night, and okay, because of what we just talked about, but the three guys who followed him, Duffy, Dyson, and Romo, I'll take any one of those guys over Ryan Harper in that particular situation. Maybe you bring in Harper the next inning to start the inning with nobody on base and see if he can eat up a couple of outs for you before you go back to the big guns. But right there in that spot, you can't go, you can't trust Ryan Harper with that game. Okay, so much to unpack here. Because there's big picture and small right. as, as well. So much to unpack here. Because I don't believe... In the way baseball works now, especially with the Twins being and what we consider to be a progressive, up-to-date franchise now, I don't believe that this is purely the manager's show. I believe that there are discussions that involve uh, pitching coach Wes Johnson, pregame, who knows, maybe in-game. Falvey and Levine can I'm sure weigh they're in. in on it. I'm okay. sure they are. They so, have to be. So in the old days, this would be pretty simple being like, Rocco, what are you doing? Rocco, why? But I don't think those guys are calling down and saying, well, all I'm saying pinch run Ari Adrianza instead of Jake Cave. I don't either, but the pitching, I do think that there's involvement there. Anyway, my point being is, it's it's to me, in 2019, this conversation is much more murky about who's saying what and, and how things are going to be approached. Um, Baldelli also, and I'm not trying to defend him completely here, is in his first year, and I think bullpens and pitching are hard to handle. Like, I I think if a guy makes uh, managing a bullpen look simple, we're all like, of course he did that. It made sense, right? But we talked about a guy yesterday who was actually a very successful big league manager with a lot of teams and couldn't manage a bullpen to save his life, and that man's name was Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think Rocco's getting help here, I think that decisions are being made in some type of of either four or more person sort of here's what I think we should do. But I am completely with you. The Ryan Harper thing made no sense. And here's why. All right. So let's say let's say for one second, twins are up uh four to one, bottom of the seventh, correct? Ryan Harper starts the inning. Uh oh. Brewers just played it a run on a Keston Hero single with men on first and second and one out. By the way, great, great phrase. I love that. Plated. Great word. Thank you. Plated a run. Um, so Harper comes in and starts. Okay, I, I don't personally like that, right? But once it starts to come unglued, don't you don't you say your leash is super, super short. Super here. short. He goes single RBI double by Yelich. Okay, at that point in time, I've got the bullpen up and he's gone. Right. He doesn't face Braun. Right. So so even if you say, because I, I tweeted about this and got a couple immediate tweets saying, Harper's been great. Why wouldn't you use him? Second guessing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll go down that path and say, use him, but he's got to be gone quickly. Like once the double gets hit, you're done. The other thing that surprised me, given the twins' thought process and the fact that they are now an organization that operates under philosophies of today's baseball and not old school is what you just said, though. 
why wouldn't you have Romo start the seventh? It's four to one. You're not up by a ton. And by the way, Rami, it's four to one. And your first three guys to start the bottom of the seventh are hitters two, three, and four. So why wouldn't you work backwards now? Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. Like you're, because that's not, I'm not saying it's a must win. That's too strong. But it's a damn important game. It's really important. You've just lost three or four to Cleveland. You're on the road against a team that you know that you can beat, but it's not a bad Brewers team. Like this is not a no. This is not the they Tigers. Won five or, or six coming. Yeah, exactly. So why wouldn't you work backwards and say Romo is going to? And and guess what? If he gets six outs, he gets six outs, and then Dyson comes in. And I'm not saying that's perfect, but the decision with Harper and how long Harper pitched, and the fact that he was allowed to pitch two hitters, two, three, four. And five, which is the Yasmani Grandall Grand Slam, made no sense. It was sort of an old school thinking. We're going to stick with this guy. That in a game like this, I, I simply don't I get, get it. it. But but am I right in your mind? If Sergio Romo had come out to start the seventh, would, would you have said, "What are you doing"? Probably, yeah, absolutely. To start the seventh, yeah, but I would have allowed but him. I would have had a short leash with, yeah, with, but with, with. Uh, either way, with I'm Harper. fine. Yeah, you're only up by three, exactly, and you need those Quite outs, honestly. And 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 just to be clear again, in the seventh, you're going two, three, four. So this is not easy. I know this might be hard to put together the innings puzzle of what I'm about to say and not overwork these guys. Yep, but any game that isn't well in hand. I trust four guys coming out of my bullpen right now. Maybe five. Ooh, that's a lot. And it's Rodgers, obviously. Yep. Duffy, I trust. And this is not in the order that I trust them. But Rodgers, Duffy, Romo. Romo for sure. Uh, Rodgers for sure if he's rested. Duffy, I'm on the fence on. I, I will allow Duffy to get out. Again, these are varying degrees of trust. But I trust him on some level. Okay. Uh, and then the guys who you saw last night, Dyson and sometimes Trevor May. And Dyson, you have to. Ryan Harper would be below all those guys. Trevor May, I don't. I. Trevor May, again, I will bring him in to get a, a few outs, but the leash on Duffy and May to me is is really short. Dyson, you have to trust. You acquired him. You have to. Like, he's going to have to come back and fail and fail and, and fail. But the point is this. Pull out the old scorebook. Seventh inning. If you go 2-3-4. He does have an old scorebook, by the way. Yeah, it's that right he here. Filled out by he's hand actually holding it. Right it's my now. old scorebook. Yes, but the but that he's proud of it. But guys, it's my point. In the seventh, if Romo goes two, three, four and gets through them, okay. Let's say he comes back and gets six outs, five, six, seven. In the ninth, the save is going to start eight, nine, one. I can handle that. Eight, nine, one. Mm-hmm. Eight, yeah. nine, one is is in this case, gentlemen. Um, they pinch hit Grisham for uh, Perez, the shortstop, the pitcher spot. So that's a guy coming off the bench. And then uh, Kane at the one spot. My point being is if you had worked this right, you were in a position for the save to come against the weakest part of the order. Kyle Gibson works out of a 
Big jam right there. Bases were loaded with one out and a run already in, and he gets the uh, yeah, easy 6-4-3. You know I don't need to see that, though. Not I'm in Lorenzo the first. Not in the fr- I'm not impressed. That's the last guy, even with Christian Yelich on that roster, Lorenzo Cain is the last guy you want on or want up at the plate with Shouldn't one out been bases and loaded. bases no, loaded. No, it can't be bases loaded though, there, though. No, no. Give me, no. Well, that was a bad fielding mistake. By I didn't Blanco. catch that. You know what I want? He didn't catch the ball off. You know what I want? Throw. I just want outs. I don't care how yeah. I get them. I just want outs. Oh, yeah. And I don't want this bleeping tightrope again. Tired of it. Your well, starting it pitchers. Like your first inning is not the game for you then, Judd. Your starting pitchers. Do your jobs. Tired of this. Can your heart handle it? You okay over there? My heart's fine. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm frustrated and I just went purely emotional. Well, and then I pull out the scorebook and I realize that the decision in the bullpen last night, now that I'm rested and fresh, is even worse. Jonathan, growing up watching baseball, when you heard the announcer say... If you're keeping score at home, yes. Didn't you always think that that was like a like a funny like Look at this here? Like I always thought that here. was just like a holdover from a bygone era. Was, right, I didn't think exactly. people were actually still doing it. That's right here, boys. My thirty dollars yeah, scorebook from Target. Like, I get it. I still get it. Doing it at the park. Oh yeah, at the park. Yeah, that make. I get yeah. it. It helps me pay attention. The game took three forty-seven. I had to pay attention. It was a really important game. I mean, I was locked in the whole 347. Well, you might have a better attention span than me. So you're saying that if I start keeping score at home, I'll have an easier time paying attention? Yes. Absolutely. Through the long games? Yes. Yes, because it it, it demands that you maintain a focus. He's right. I get what he's saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I definitely get what he's saying. But also, also I can come in here now and tell you that the philosophical viewpoint in in the bullpen last night. Yeah. Yeah. But if the games were shorter, like they probably should be, would you need to do it, or would you? I like, like to keep score. Okay, it seven, helps me a lot. Seven inning baseball. Yeah, seven inning baseball. We can talk Two about and it. Half hours. All I know is that this is. An I couldn't believe the day I said that jokingly on Mackie and Judd with Rami, and then Mackie and Judd and Jason Stark all took it seriously. All three of you guys took been, it seriously. Jim Cott suggested it last year, and he's right. That's crazy. It's a great idea. That's crazy. It's a great Why idea. Why don't we shorten football to three quarters and? Okay. Basketball to three right. quarters. And cool. No. Keep going. No. You couldn't call them quarters, though, anymore. You'd yeah. have to, call, have to call them periods. periods. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Games take too long. Jim Cott is is one of the smartest baseball people in the country, and he suggested last year, and he's in his 80s, so he is Mr. Old School, or he could be, and he's not, and he suggested seven inning games, Rami. So if Jim Cott suggested, I think your suggestion's outstanding. No, it's my suggestion, and I'm By saying the way, no. It's a stupid idea. Who's behind I like the, this idea? Who's got the play today? Tim Timmons. I hope Tim Timmons is oh, better Tim than Tim. than Rob Drake was last night. You know what? <laughs> that game was compelling, so we didn't talk about it, you guys. Old Tim Tim. Hey, you guys, hey, hold on, Tim hold on, Tim. hold on a second. That game was compelling last night and fun, but that game behind the plate again. I don't recall Rob a uh, Rob Drake umpired game behind the plate before. But it was another. That was as bad as um, C.B. Buckner. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad the, as, as yeah. bad as what happened in the Cubs game yeah, last night. Did you see that pitch that Ooh. was called a strike? Was it on Contreras? Who was that? No, it wasn't Contreras. He's hurt. I did not. I don't remember John, who it was against. This but ball it was, was legitimately probably a foot. At least I wouldn't say a foot, but six inches high and outside. Yeah. Who had the plate last night? I don't know. In Philadelphia, I don't know. I didn't even see the pitch until today because I was going back and forth between the Twins and the Cubs it game. It was and bad. I was watching the Twins at that. Particular well, yeah, you moment. know what? There's a lot of bad out there. It's really it's embarrassing. Jason Stark had a great piece, and I think we're going to discuss it later today on Mackie and Judd with Rami about the 
experimentation with the robot umpire takeover, hashtag robot umpire takeover, uh, in the Atlantic League and what some of the players there think of it, some of the what some of the current MLB players think of it, what ramifications it could have. It's really, really good. Go check it out at The Athletic. Jason can't join us today. He usually does join Mackie and Judd with Rami every Wednesday, but he is uh, on vacation. He hit send, he hit publish on that article, and then that was it. Jason Stark just dropped What's going on? He can't go on vacation during the season. Uh, he is. That's what I was told, that he's not. That he's really he's off this I, week. I knew he was off from our show. I thought he might be traveling for baseball oh, purposes. I took it as to mean that he was just on vacation. Total. It, no, you don't think so? No, I don't think our guy Starkey would go I on a implying. complete vacation. Yeah, you're probably right. He's a baseball. Writer. Nelson Cruz on he's a YouTube man. TV. They've had this guy for the entire inning so far. Wow, they get a lot of access I mean, to he's people. Not, he's not playing. They did that on the Facebook broadcast too. A lot of a lot more player players. interaction while the game was That's going. That's actually on, you know what? That's a good idea. That I, could be. A, that I shouldn't say. I don't hate that it. That could be a good idea, yeah. depending on who the person is. I don't hate it. We'll hit a quick break. One more segment of the Score North first place once again. Twins show roller coaster live from Bombasota, the land of ten thousand rakes, where the magic number is forty three. Right after this on fifteen hundred scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. 147 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. This download brought to you by Rami's favorite pillow, My Pillow. Twins currently up on the Brewers right now in the second game of that series. Two to one, thanks to a pair of homers from Garver and Rosario in the first inning. They also gave up a run in the first inning. So it's two to one in the bottom, going into the bottom of the second. While you're listening to us, or shortly after you're listening to us today, when we go off the air at six o'clock. You can check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers. Game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS. Kevin Love's 30-30 and 30 game and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. It's Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment today of the first place Score North Twins show. TCL Broadcast Studios, Zolgad Rami with you until uh, 2 o'clock here when we'll have Purple Daily with uh, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin coming in to talk Vikings. All right, question for you off Mitch Garver, Rami Makhlouf. Um Where does Mitch Garver rank for you as a baseball fan among teams that you were preparing to to follow closely in the course of a season and watch on a consistent basis? And you probably thought, Okay, that's he's a nice player. He's an okay player. Yeah, he's a he's a guy who will catch sometimes, um, and then has this type of year in which he is he. I wouldn't call him dominant, but he's pretty darn good. Like it's it's surprising. Yeah, it's surprisingly good. I can think of two of them right now. One of them who just ripped a a, a hard. Grounder, way to go, to Gibby! Left center field, way to go, Gibby! For a double, thanks, Gibby! And uh, and the guy who actually replaced him last year before falling off the map this year and giving the job back to Eric Thames, Eric Thames and Jesus Aguilar, in back to back years playing first base for the Brewers when they needed for, Thames two years ago, they signed him from Korea after he was a, yeah, and he went was he was, home he was, a, left and he right, was right? a pretty highly touted prospect with the Blue Jays came up was yep. a total bust went to Korea for I think four or five years. And was just hitting home runs left and right. So the Brewers took a chance on him, came in, had that huge April and May, and then sort of cooled off, but still had a good season for them. 
And then last year, he started the season cold, and this dude, Jose Aguilar, who they picked up in the, in a rule, with a rule five draft pick, he steps in and just starts mashing home runs, and he himself puts up a huge season and gets himself into the all-star game. Those are the two, and they're the most recent, but those are the two players who come to mind who did the type of thing that Mitch Garver is doing right now, the sort of out-of-nowhere guy who you thought was a part-time player at best, and he now has the same home run frequency as Mike Trout. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's off the charts. The, the two things that, that jumped to mind to me about the Twins that at the start of the year I never would have predicted, I, I would have, if you had predicted them, would have said you're absolutely crazy. Garver's success... That- and it's not that I didn't think he could hit, but this this is off the charts to, compared to what I expected. And then the play of the guy who, at the start of the year, I had never heard of and now is playing second base on a daily base basis, Luis Arise. That's the other one. And here's what I can't decide. Do I think they're both long-term? I The more I watch your guy Arise play baseball... I think there's something definitely there. No, there is. His approach. I agree. His demeanor. His and, and I know, I know we get fooled. And I know that every team has has months and months to make adjustments, right? And, and so there's times that, we're, that we say to ourselves, well, this player is unstoppable now. And then six months after that or the next year, that person is adjusted to and things change greatly. But when I see this guy's demeanor in the box, when I see him on deck, when I see his approach, he made another play last night. It was defensively. It was, I think, a Polanco throw on a double play ball. And it was a bad feed. And he did, Arise did the same thing with a Sano feed at Target Field last week. He takes these these uh, throws, and they're really not good, right? Like, they're skipping in the dirt. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they would go past people. And he just makes it look routine. I think there's something there. I really do. I do too. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Now that does not mean that he is consistently at the plate going to keep this up because I don't believe that. But I also think he's a really, really smart, headsy player, and so adjustments will be made to him and probably already are. But I think he. I think he has the ability to adjust back, and that's what the really smart, savvy players can do. And they adjust back. Going back to where we started this hour, we were talking about Marwin Gonzalez. Yep, it makes sense. That there's never a moment too big for Marwin Gonzalez, because like I said, he's played in much bigger games than anything we've seen so far this year for the Minnesota Twins. But Luis Arais has that same kind of cool and calm and composure to him in those same types of big spots. The dude came in as a pinch hitter with an 0-2 count against a reliever who was just throwing gas. He was hitting 99 Diaz, yeah. on the radar gun. It was yeah, it was Edwin Diaz. And he worked like a 10-pitch walk. Yes. It's insane. Yes. And then last week, he comes out in that Indian series against the best pitcher in baseball, against maybe the best closer in baseball, one of, if not the best closer in baseball, in Brad Hand, in a clutch spot and works a walk there, too, and then has a double the following night in a big spot to to put himself in the scoring position and eventually come around and score the run. You are at least partially born with that, right? I think so. Like yeah. I don't think you can I don't think that you can just, you know, come up and be called up to the big leagues and say, I'm gonna keep my heart rate really slow. It's not gonna affect me. Right. And I mean we see we see guys 
now play who who have experience and you still see them sort of panic at times. You name me the last time, when have you seen that kid do something where you thought to yourself, that was a dumb panicked play? I can't think of one since he got here. No, I can't think of one either. Or even like Miguel Snow hurries even throws him sometimes, looking right? I mean, stupid like on, a, on, on a pitch. You know, I, I, you haven't seen that really from Luisa eyes. And here's the eyes. other weird thing, too. Half-assed that one. Yeah, why? Sorry, I don't know. Why'd you do that? I don't you, know. I'm sorry. I know why. Two plates of food. Arise. Two plate. You know a what? A plate and a half. He's I didn't sleepy. I didn't finish the he second plate. He made Declan plate. go out and get him the second plate. I didn't finish the second plate. This Declan is, is this a is hero. This is the same week that he asked. He wondered what Derek Wetmore was doing, having a big lunch in the middle of the day. But okay, here's my. And thing. then he's the one going out there for seconds Wet, of Wetmore weighs, and chicken. Wetmore weighs forty four pounds. Who cares if he eats too much? Right. He needs I, to eat more. He and Declan weigh a combined yeah. probably 101. I don't like to eat heavy before the show. So when I prepare my own lunch, it's always a salad <laughs> or a sandwich. But but when free food is made available then to me. Then it's all bets are off. all bets are off, man. Yes. Hold on a second here. My three favorite foods, in case you haven't heard me recite this list You're before. You're such a media member. In this order, yeah. uh, Mexican, number three. Italian, number two. Free food is my number one. Favorite kind of media food members in the world. will flock to a buffet as if they're homeless. Oh, it's, yeah, man, it's true. I don't know what they did to this brisket, but God bless them. Whoever whoever hooked this up today, I don't know why it's happening. I don't know who did this. I'm leaving now, but I'm so happy. I'm Thank going you. to keep score off YouTube. Thank you, Hubbard. Judd's just decided Hot Routes is back. I'm going to go take a nap. Yes, I'm going to go take a nap. Purple Daily is next. Hot Routes is back, Woo-hoo! and then Judd and I are back for Mackie and Judd with Rami this afternoon at four. Score North, fifteen hundred. Scorenorth.com and the mobile app.